We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. Hi, my name is Chris Wilson, and you're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life with today's expert. Hey, welcome. This is Coach Chris with the Strong by Design podcast. I am sitting beside a new friend of ours here at Critical Venture, at least a new friend of mine, Mr. Gary Watson. It's amazing to have you here. So glad to be here, Chris. Yes, he is a fat-burning guru, a fat-burning expert, and has a program, Fat-Burning Fingerprint, that is something that has been blowing my mind. I, th- I was thinking about it when we were talking on Friday and then thought about it through the weekend. I took the quiz. I'm like, I, and I can't wait to hear all the information you're going to share with the listeners today, just because it's so interesting, so intriguing, and it's stuff that people do not think about or know a lot about, but it can like really kind of change their their life. And so I, before we get to some of the really interesting information, I want you to share uh, with the listeners a little bit about yourself. Who is Mr. Gary Watson? Where, where, do, you, where do you come from? What's, <laughs> what's the last 10 year, 15 years of your life been like? Sure, sure. I, I feel like who is Gary Watson? Who is, is Gary Watson? I'm still trying to discover that, right, Chris? So I, I find that my common answer when somebody asked me that is, well, I'm I think I'm a pretty darn good uncle. I have 16 nieces and nephews. Oh my gosh. Yeah, which is you pretty You have a incredible. huge family. I do. I do. I you know, I'm a I'm a good brother, pretty loyal, an, an excellent son, I think. Good. I, you know, I, good. I always for the most part listen to my parents. That's for good. The most part. Good for you, man. And, I like you're uh, starting with family, so that's yeah. all, that's always awesome. Yeah, and you know, of course I'm I'm a a child of God and and uh, a Christian. That's and, great. On top of all that, Chris, I'm a kinesiologist of 30 years now. Wow. And so, which basically kinesiology is the study of human movement for yep. those of you that don't know. But basically, I'm a person that uh, seeks, I've kind of been on this, this quest for years and years and years on how to find biohacks or shortcuts that can kind of maximize results in the shortest amount of time for overall health and wellness. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a pretty big statement. that's a really big statement yeah so yeah talk about hacks because i think a lot of people go through their lives and i'm speaking even about myself to some degree without really thinking a lot about what they're putting in their body they're you know they're they're eating things that they hopefully most of the time they think are good for them things that satiate them or make them feel happy but they don't really i don't think of a lot of thought as to what their body individually, what their what their personal needs are compared to the next person, because it's always such a general thing, isn't it? Like a diet. It's like, oh, it's good for everyone. Right, right. And it's something you touched on in our conversation on Friday. It's like, well, no, I mean, there's different weight, there's just different diets and there's different people. And think of the whole world and the and how different people eat all over the world. And it's all about optimizing, right? Like knowing what type of, I mean, I want you to dive into this because it's so interesting, but 
knowing what what your your genetic makeup is or what you how different your physique is or my physique is and what our nutritional needs uh, how they vary and I, i don't think people you know give it that much thought unless they're really into it you know into their own health and 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 wellness but i think most people just go through life and it's just like i, I you know i have my breakfast i have my lunch i have my dinner you know I like to walk and work out a little bit you know but they don't really eat to optimize their their function yeah that's and so so go into go into the 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 types let's start there because i think i think that'll really help people really understand what we're getting at yeah sure so before we do that, if you don't mind, I'd like oh, to yeah. just kind of add to what you were saying, Chris, which is you are right on the money. I have found even myself have been subjected to these types of things that you're talking about. And it really all comes down to what might be hot in the market for the day. Mm. And so, you know, it might be a low carb diet. It might be a keto diet, which is a high healthy fat diet. For a while, we had the zone diet, which was focused on high proteins. And so the assumption always was, even by myself at that time, that if it works for your neighbor, if it works for your brother, if it works for your wife, your kids, it, it should work for you. Yeah. And I found myself literally seven years into owning a company in downtown Chicago moving and shaking the movers and shakers of Chicago, literally Fortune 500 people, the, the local celebrities that lived in the area, people that were paying me and my, my company, like at that time, crazy amount of money. Yeah, yeah. I pretty much was putting them all on whatever the hot diet was at the time. And it just took me years and years and years for it to finally sink in that the one size fits all nutrition yeah. plan is really kind of flawed, you know? Yeah. And, and the way I learned that was, honestly, I was only getting like super killer results with about a third of my clients. How interesting. Yeah. And so for a person like myself that really, really is competitive with myself, I'm always kind of trying to push to the next level so I can really, really help these people. I was finding it was just not really fulfilling. It was so confusing. How on earth could John get these amazing results on this program when Shelly was just kind of getting okay results? And quite honestly- And fr- and a bit frustrated and, too. Yeah. And frustrated. And quite honestly, Beth was getting like no results, you know? And I'm thinking, <laughs> well, it must be that Beth's not following the routine, right? right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's- at that time, I was much younger and, and had a lot to learn, you know, in the industry. And I myself was kind of listening to these vampire myths, yeah. you know, which by the way, we talked a little bit about yeah. this earlier. Yeah. A vampire myth to me is basically these, these myths or untruths that become so common. Like every, no one should ever eat a carbohydrate, for example, that everyone believes it to be total truth. But I find, that these these types of untruths can suck the blood right out of your yeah. system yeah. and they never seem to die. Yeah. Like a, a perfect example of this is everybody still believes you should eat or or you should only drink eight, eight ounce glasses of water a day. Right. But you and I know that if if I'm a male that's five nine, 155 pounds, and you're a guy that's six foot, 240 pounds, 
it absolutely makes no sense whatsoever that you and I should be consuming the same amount of water, right? right? Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Or what you had said earlier too, is like that the breakfast is the most important meal of right. the day type thing, you know? And then some people absolutely believe that. And other people are like, no, I, I skip breakfast all the time. I eat lunch and I eat dinner. I feel great. I look good. Like it works for me not eating breakfast. And then we look at that person like, well, they're, they're an outlier, but not really. Yeah, not yeah, really. What, yeah. What's happening and what we're discovering is that we do have unique fat burning fingerprint types. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that's really my focus. And that's where you're leading this conversation, Chris. And so what I discovered was based on your oxidative type, your metabolic oxidative type, we can basically categorize you very simply and very effectively into one of three types. You're either slow oxidative or an S-type fat-burning fingerprint. You're medium oxidative or an M-type fat-burning fingerprint and or you're fast, fast oxidative. And this would be an F-type fat-burning fingerprint. And so people get so confused when they first hear that because they think, oh, I must be a slow oxidative type because they think that they're slow metabolism, but they have no, you can have an S oxidative type and have a very fast metabolism. So I don't want people to get confused with that. Correct. But basically what we discovered within these types is that certain foods that might be great for you may not be great at all for your neighbor. And it all comes down to what your fat burning fingerprint type is. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, it, it really is something that, uh, I, you know, again, we don't, pay much attention, I think, to what your needs are versus my needs versus somebody else. If we kind of lump all ourselves in, in, in the same category as, well, we're about the same age. We have about the same amount of activity level, you know, and, you know, we, we all like, you know, protein. So then we should all, we, we're all good, perfect candidates for the same exact diet. And it's not really the, the case. And so I think just even going through and taking this quiz was such an eye opener for me because there's this great quiz inside inside your uh, the PDF there that in like 25 questions people can really start to understand a little bit more about what their their own personal uh, nutritional needs are, which is so fantastic. And so go a little further into what each of these types looks like so that people listening can start to maybe get a sense of what uh, of of what of what their needs might be or or at least what the breakdown is sure sure so the first thing that you alluded to is that you took a test this yes, morning right yes, I did. and so that took you what 5 5 minutes chris Le yes five, between 5 to 7 minutes yeah. i flew through it yeah so really it's not, it doesn't take a lot of time no. it's 25 questions right. a or b right no one fails the test ever. Yes, you get a hundred. You get a hundred percent. I mean, take it. You feel good about yourself. Right. Everybody gets an instant A <laughs> automatically. This is not a pop quiz. Yeah, right? this is great. So within five minutes, very effectively, we yes. can tell you you're either an S type, an M type, and an F type. And so depending what your type is, really declares which foods are very best for you. And so I think the best place to start with this is we will talk about the differences between, say, an S-type and an F-type. For example, an F-type are generally those people that need to be closer to a high purine protein diet 
and a high healthy fat diet. Mm -hmm. These are people that really succeed on the keto diets, for example, Mm -hmm. or a higher protein diet and a very low carbohydrate diet. Versus an S-type is a person that would need some healthy carbohydrates, and they would definitely need to stay away from some high-purine proteins and high-purine fats that might be considered across uh, the generalities as being really healthy foods. For example, most of us know that sardines are really healthy, high-protein, high-fat food. And that is, in fact, the case if you're an F-type or an M-type. However, if you are an S-type fat-burning fingerprint, high-purine foods, even beans, lentils, asparagus as a vegetable, for example, certainly capers, scallops, uh, mussels, a lot of fatty fishes, these are not great foods for S-types because they actually enter the system too slowly. And the S-type cannot handle foods that slow the system down. Versus the F type completely needs that. They need foods that will slow the system down. And I think a a great way to explain this is every time we ingest food, no matter which type you are, we basically have a biochemical response. And that is our pancreas secretes a certain amount of insulin. What we find is that if you're an F type, your body is subject to really increase or dramatically have a high amount of insulin secreted after we eat, unless you put a slow food into your body, meaning a high protein, high purine protein, high fatty food. Hey, if you want the free Why Stretching Won't Make You Flexible report, then just text STRETCH to 345 345. That's stretch, S-T-R-E-T-C-H, to 345-345, and you'll get a text from me asking for your email. Then you'll get the free report sent to your email inbox. And, and a great example of this is what I told you I ate this morning and how good I feel when I have like three eggs and three strips, uh, strips of bacon. That satiates me. I feel good. I don't feel high. I don't feel low. And I don't feel hungry for like a good three, four hours, which is pretty much what you're hoping to get out of a meal. Right. And where I was going wrong was those years ago, just like you talked about, even though I was in the in the fitness and health industry and I had clients and working with people, trying to navigate them to their their optimal, you know, health. I myself was doing that thing. Oh, got to eat every few hours. Got to keep the metabolism going. And what what happened? I was more irritable and more high and low and crashing and burning because I ha- I was eating like small f- small quantities of food, not not the right balance, right? Probably not enough protein and fat, too many carbohydrates, and I was tearing through that stuff or whatever it was doing to me, and I was I was instantly hungry. And, and and I was just like feeling twitchy and anxiety and 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 just felt that that low blood sugar feeling, which no one likes, right? That right. feeling like you feel yourself crashing, and then I'd have to go gorge myself on like you know high high protein and fat foods in order to feel you know regulated. And it took years for me to realize, <laughs> like I didn't know what I was doing wrong. I right. just knew something wasn't right. 
And Chris, you are a perfect example of an F-type fat-burning fingerprint. You definitely need higher purine proteins, higher purine fats, and you need to stay away from fast carbohydrates. Yeah. For sure. Versus my my ex-wife, for example, she was a true S-type through and through. Meaning for me, I'm actually an M-type. I have a nice mixture. So I have the eggs I have maybe one strip of bacon, but I throw in a little broccoli. I throw in a little cauliflower. I throw in some carbohydrates there, yeah. and that really satiates me and makes me feel really good. Yeah. It's a great energy release. Whereas my ex-wife, for example, who is a lovely person, we're still great friends, by the way. It's great. Yeah. She, if if you loaded her up with bacon in the morning, she was dead to the world for the day. <laughs> I mean, just completely lethargic. She absolutely needed a plate full of nice vegetables. She needed a nice, a nice low glycemic piece of fruit yeah. and maybe one egg. Wow, you know? interesting. So very, very yeah. different plates. Our plates looked very, very different at the time. But for her, that was all she needed. Yeah. You know, but but really substantially different. And that's the that's the point that I really try to share with people. What might be very, very healthy and almost like a medicine for one person is absolutely poison for another. Yeah, that's what's so interesting is that you have these folks that never quite feel right. They physically can't maybe get to where they want to be, and they're but they're busting their hump to get there. They're active. They, they think they're eating well, and they can't seem to get rid of unwanted fat or lean out the way that they want to. And so it's almost like they're they're like you said it's crazy. You're not providing the the right balance of nutrition, so it's almost like in a way you're kind of poisoning yourself. And it sounds harsh, doesn't it? But like you're 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 not giving your body what it requ- is requiring. One hundred percent agree. This is where I like to talk about my dis word. You know, we're always dissing ourselves because yeah. when we're actually eating wrong for our fat burning fingerprint type. We are causing slowly but surely dis-ease to our body, which shows up with disorder in our body. I mean, truly, if you are an S-type fat-burning fingerprint and you're having bacon in the morning, you are not going to feel great. Your body's going to hang on to those calories for much longer than they need to. Then your body's going to start storing fat in areas that really are not conducive to overall health, like the waistline, for example. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're an F-type like you are, Chris, if you're having the same food that, say, for example, my ex-wife was having, and you're loading up with fruit, vegetables, and maybe one egg in the morning, you're going to have the exact opposite Mm -hmm. effect than she did. And your body's going to start feeling dis-ease, disorder, start storing fat in areas that are unhealthy for us. That put us at all kinds of risk for all kinds of real disease and disorder, right? Right. So that's the beauty of this system. Within five minutes, I can tell you where you sit in the spectrum. Based on where you sit within the spectrum, I can provide uh, uh, basically the foods that are very best for you, the foods that you want to try to have in moderation, and the foods you must avoid, for example. I would say most of us on planet Earth would consider the bean a healthy food. What do you think? I, yeah, I mean, most times I would almost even recommend it to people as a as a as a, a food group right. or something that they should add into the mix because it's it's it tastes good, it's satiating, it goes great with 
lots of different things as a side or mixed with rice or things like that. But for some people, it's like about one of the worst things they can be eating. Exactly. So for for an F-type, a uh, high-purine person like yourself, fast oxidative, and for an M-type, medium oxidative, beans are great. The legume family, beans, all, all types of beans are really great sources of food for us. But for an S-type, it can, be, it can become poisonous very, very quickly in the system because the purine level slows the system down. So here's a real good way that I, I think people can really relate to it. I like to use the car example, right? Mm. I find in general, no one on planet earth would go to a, a gas station and I don't even know if these exist today, but when I was when I was growing oh, up, wait, we basically- Wait, wait, no, he's starting to date himself now. <laughs> so when I was growing up, we used to have leaded gas yes, and unleaded that's right. gas, that's right. Yeah, right? Yep. But if you drove an unleaded gas vehicle, which all are today, there's yes. no way you would have put leaded gas into your car because it completely would have destroyed your engine, right? right? So our human bodies are very, very similar. So let's take these three amazing cars. We have a, a, a Tesla sports car, right? Mm. Which is run off of what? Batteries. Yeah, batteries, all electric. Yeah, all electric. Then we have, let's say the BMW i8, which is a very exotic sports car also, but that vehicle runs on both fuel and it runs on batteries. Uh-huh. Okay. It's a hybrid. Hybrid, total great hybrid. And now let's take a Maserati, a Gran Turismo, right? This is a big muscle car. This thing, you hear this thing coming down the street. I mean, five five blocks away, this thing rumbles, right? But that car absolutely must have pure, high premium gasoline. Rocket fuel, pretty much. Rocket fuel. Yeah. Each and every one of these cars would have a, quote, fast metabolism, zero to 60. I mean, they perform like no other vehicle on the road, right? right. But their need for different energy sources are completely different. How interesting. And our human bodies- All high-performance sports cars. All super sports cars. Beautiful cars. Beautiful cars. All have different needs. Completely different needs. And our bodies are the exact same way. And I mean, we can see this in athletes. You you see- Typically, you see a, a, a really fit, super long distance runner, and I'm not talking about the, you know, the the super skinny person. I'm yeah, talking yeah. A, a healthy yeah. runner that's yeah. got a, a fair amount of well, lean start, muscle. We'll use Brian as an example. He he's been coming into our conversation a lot lately. We, we use Brian here, Brian Klepacki, our, our one of our strength coaches, who's been on the show obviously several times, and he is. He is like a well. You saw. Well, first of all, Brian's a unicorn. unicorn. Yeah, he's a unicorn because he's a long distance runner, but he's also a strength guy. Yeah. So, but I, I had to. I had to. He heard that. But yeah, he, yeah, he's in the other room, but he heard us. Yeah, he heard it. But but, but Brian's a perfect example of an M type, right? He's and and he's a unicorn within the M type. So Brian is the perfect kind of phenomenon, if you will, in that he can do the long distance programs with really higher efficiency than most yeah. people on planet earth. And you can also do explosive stuff as well. Right. So he he would be a perfect example of the M type. So Brian would be the BMW i8, yes, right? That's right. But our Teslas would be your your endurance athletes that really perform super efficient with endurance type environments, running, aerobics, cycling, things of this nature. Your Ironman type. Your Ironman type yeah. of people. Mm-hmm. And these are typically people that do need and require higher levels of carbohydrates, lower levels of high purine proteins and fats. And they are beautiful athletes, oh, yeah. much like these cars we're yeah, talking about. Versus like, like, you're, like you're Michael Phelps, right? I exactly. Mean, so, so who's not going to say, wow, that guy's you know fit. 
Yeah, and I can guarantee you Michael Phelps is not walking around on a keto diet when he's performing. No, he was known for eating five to 10,000 calories of like, you know, pasta and stuff, yeah, right? But, but again, a unicorn, not what Uni- we want yeah, for the normal yeah, yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't run out to buy out, you know, the, yeah, the yeah. grocery store on, on, on pasta. Yeah. yeah, but why we're talking about Olympic athletes, but then yes. you look at, so very similar body types, if you were to look at them, we look at a Usain Bolt, who's the fastest man alive. That's right. Now, this is a guy that has to stoke his engine. Mm-hmm. As an F type with higher higher levels of purine, uh, or higher levels of protein and, and fats, healthy yeah. fats, you know. Yeah. And so these are great examples of of three body types that would fall into the category of of these car types. Yeah. And so I think that even for myself, you know, we're we're all creatures of habit, right? Mm-hmm. And we tend to let's face it, we like to find things that have the least level of resistance, right? Right. So if we're hearing these vampire myths forever, <laughs> right? Stay away from carbs, yeah. uh, stay away from fats, eight, eight ounce servings of water. Yes. Uh, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Well, we start to inherently believe it. And before you know it, it's no longer serving us for the greater good. And when a belief system no longer serves us for a greater good, that belief system becomes nothing more than BS. Yeah. Because if it's not serving you, it's totally BS. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And we we just believe what's out there. I mean, most people, they say, well, I saw it in print or I heard it on the news or I heard it on the radio, so it must be true. I saw it on the internet. It must be true. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it on the internet. It, it, must, be internet. Right. it must be true. And so we just we just take it for what it is and say, you know, oh, this diet, is everyone's getting great results on this diet. But really what we're seeing is the people that fit that type the best are the ones that are getting the great results. And those are the transformations that you're seeing. You know, you're not seeing the other two thirds of the people that maybe gave that diet a go, but didn't have so much success with it. Chris, you're 1000% correct with that. And I think that, you know, even I was guilty of just assuming, well, the other people just aren't doing it. They're saying they are, but they're not. And and the reality was I was just flat out wrong. And, you know, it took me a long time to really realize that. And then the next, you know, talking about the, the myth, the vampire myth of breakfast being the most important meal of the day. Mm. I held on to that and fused it with this eating six small meals a day for probably a decade after I was first introduced to the fact that it probably wasn't the best for us. And so the fat burning fingerprint really is a hybrid fusion of discovering what your unique fat burning fingerprint type is and what I call utilizing an intellectual eating window, which is really intermittent fasting, right? Right. Yes. Which is, that's something else that we had spoken about previously. And that was something, I think a lot of people, they hear things like, you know, IF, intermittent fasting, and they're like, well, that won't work for me. I'm just not right if I don't eat my breakfast, you know, or this, that, and the other. And I thought the same thing. And then accidentally, sometimes you do an intermittent fast. You don't realize it. You weren't trying to. But sometimes, you know, you, you, you stop eating the previous night at eight or nine at night. And then the next day, you, for whatever reason, you, 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 you have to skip brec- uh, breakfast. You have, you, it's a busy day, whatever. So maybe you just have some water and a, and a cup of coffee. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, you feel all right. You feel fine. And you get to lunch and you're like, 
huh, I'm, I'm hungry, but I'm not like ridiculous and I feel all right. Right. Why is that? I- explain to the listener who maybe doesn't know a lot about intermittent fasting and how that can play into this fat burning fingerprint eating. Sure. Um, before I do, Chris, I kind of yes. have to tell on myself yeah. Oh, because yeah, yeah. for me, fasting was an F word. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. seriously a word I wanted to avoid at all costs. <laughs> and my, my, first, my first experience with this was actually in 2005. I went to a tiny little island in the Fiji Islands called Savu Savu with Tony Robbins and his group. And we were there for 10 days. And it was all about fasting and, and cleansing our system yeah. and allowing autophagy to kick in and some things that we'll talk about here in a little bit. And I can tell you, I mean, this is a long flight from the States. The entire flight, all I did was moan and groan with my then fiance yeah. and, and tell her, this fasting, who on earth fasts? This is terrible. It's terrible for your system. I'm never going to be able to do it. I've I'm going to fail at this. You know, I was just associating every F word with the fasting word. What got you to actually go on this trip then to, to even like in, indulge yourself in this? Well, because at that point I was, I was fully emerged in a lifetime mastery program with the okay. Anthony Robbins group. And so it was okay. my kind of last bit of it before I could graduate, I you see, know, with this lifestyle coaching kind of authority. So, so it wasn't like, like there was some, there's obviously a level of interest in going and doing, being part of something like that. But then you were just fighting kind of the concept of IF tooth and nail, just completely. And at that point, in all fairness, I had not even heard of IF and I, I'm not even sure that 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 group was presenting it that way in 2005. Got you. So what happened was I went over there and of course I'm a tenacious guy. And if somebody puts a challenge in front of me, I, I give it my all. And lo and behold, 72 hours into the intermittent fasting, which is exactly what it was. We were still eating. Of course, it wasn't one of these seven day, 10 day fasts. We were still getting food, but we were having extended periods every 24 hours away from food. By the third day, I felt amazing. The clarity, I had lost all my mental fog. I had burned off some belly fat. I had, in fact, I lost seven pounds in the first three days over there at, for all, for all practical purposes, the fasting was just a part of, of, it was just kind of a byproduct of it. We were taking in all kinds of intellectual concepts. We were doing all types of lifestyle coaching concepts. It really wasn't a huge nutrition. Yeah. Con, you know, um, it, it was study. More, it was more of a, a mental. It was more of a mental thing. thing. Now there, it wasn't. Some nutritional stuff was included in there, but that was not the basis of what the program oh, was about. But all of a sudden, I started retaining all this information. You know, and I think you and I talked about this on on any given Sunday. Most people can take in about three new concepts over a couple hour period, and when I'm not taking care of myself and not eating right. And we've all been there before, yeah. right? Well, maybe not the unicorn Brian, but yeah. we've all, we've all been- The rest most, of us mortal humans. Yeah, the rest of us mortal humans have all been there. So I wasn't even able to get one or two concepts. You know, the normal brain will go one, two, three, too many. When my brain was foggy, I was getting one to, to no, too many, you know? And all of a sudden, I'm starting to really retain this information. I'm starting to feel good. My eyes are starting to open. I'm starting to realize for the very first time, oh my gosh, I don't need to feed myself within two hours of waking. Right. It was just, it blew my mind. Literally, I was like, 
I, I, I literally had been a professional in this industry at that point. Yeah. Okay. 2005, we're talking over 15 years at that point. I'd been a professional in the industry, had never tried fasting before. Wow. Because I mentally, I was completely against it. Looking to win some free Critical Bench swag? Here's how. Subscribe to the Strong by Design podcast on iTunes and then visit us on Instagram at The Critical Bench to let us know you're a subscriber. Be sure to DM us to get your free gifts. So this was like, this is a real, a turning point for you in your, in your health and fitness journey. Like this, that trip right there kind of like steered you in a different direction then. Completely, completely. And I'd like to say that immediately I went into IF when I got back, but it took me a few years to really implement it. And I think that's where a lot of people get a little confused with this stuff too. I mean, we're entrepreneurs, so we probably fail 80% of the time when we're creating new things. And mm-hmm. that's that's the part of the that the rest of the world rarely sees, right? That's right. We just tackle failure with tenacity and figuring out other routes that we can we can kind of achieve these things. And we also practice that wonderful F word, which is forgive. We forgive ourselves, we move on, and we try a different approach. Exactly right. And I had to do that with intermittent fasting too. It's not like I came back from Savu Savu, the Fiji (laughs) Islands, and all of a sudden I was this instant (laughs) IF. I wasn't, you know, it took me a while. So it was, and really it took me about three to five years before I really started implementing it with any regularity. And it was because slowly but surely I started to understand the science. I started to deep dive. More and more studies uh, started coming out uh, here in the United States. For example, the Salk Institute in La Jolla, California, they're the, some of the biggest leaders here in the U.S. today on intermittent fasting. They started pumping out a bunch of money into the research and, and saying, what's this really about? And so it's only been the last probably, what do you think, Chris, five to eight years where, yeah. where that stuff's really been coming Yeah, through? I would say so. Yeah, five to eight years, ever since yeah, 2010-ish, right. I would say, is when I started hearing about it, at least, and it becoming such a, uh, and I just thought it was an out there thing, right? Even as somebody that worked in the health and fitness industry, I, I heard about it. I'm like, oh, who are the, who are the crazy people doing that? Right. Not eating for hours at a time and skipping that. You know, I thought that was zinc because I was still following that. Got to eat six to eight meals a day. Right. Th- you know, that I was brainwashed. It, little did I know, you know, why I could never quite get over that hurdle or get a, uh, lean out a little bit more. And and then um, you, you just have to be, I think a lot of us just have to be open, more open to stuff that's out there too. And, and, and put in, like you said, you got interested in it. And so you just started investigating and really started diving in deep and learning about things. And you can't, we can't just like, push stuff off. Like you got to like give it its, give, give it a fair shake and do your own work to figure out like, is this full of crap or is this something that has like uh, real roots? And, and sure enough, we're still talking about it. So, yeah. So obviously it gets results. The so roots are real. The root, roots <laughs> are real. And then, so you started kind of going more in that direction and you implemented that a little bit into your, so not only did you, st- this is, and at the time where you starting to figure out what your type was while you're kind of getting into IF, is that kind of what was happening? 
So that's exactly what was happening. We were, it was kind of slowly but surely, I was recognizing patterns within both. For example, if you're slow oxidative, these people tend to be the people that do very, very uh, well on only one to two meals a day. Mm. Their glycemic load, the amount of food that they can have in one sitting is not nearly as impacted, for example, as an F-type. So these folks, because they have a slow oxidative system, I, I think of them as a sailboat almost. The food comes in, the fuel comes in, and they say, oh, okay, so you gave me 800 of my 1600 calories today. I got this, no problem. I've got a system that can break this down very steadily, very slowly, and give you a slow, sustained amount of energy for the next six hours. Mm, right? Yeah. These are the slow oxidative people. They're the sailboat. They've got that nice little bit of wind hitting the sail. They put it back on cruise and they just sail right across the bay, right? Right. Whereas what I discovered with F-types, these are the cigarette boats out there. They're like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> you know, they're going across the water and they, well, well they annoy me after 10 right. minutes. You know, sure. I'm, I'm always like, whoa, look at that boat. Look how fast it is. But within 10 minutes of hearing That's it, absolutely right. I'm done with it, right? Yes. Put me on the sailboat. But where I'm going with this is these people tend to be very glycemic load sensitive, meaning these folks actually should have two to three, maybe four meals a day, but that depends. You know, if you're a real high performance athlete, maybe four, definitely not five and six mm -hmm. for sure. But these people, two to three meals a day, kind of smaller plates, for example. You and I were even talking about that earlier today. I mean, Chris is a phenomenon, you guys. You should you should see him. I mean, I'm I'm your basic Conor McGregor. I'm five oh, foot nine, geez. 155 let's, pounds let's on my biggest day. Let's not get but you crazy. know, Chris is Chris carries a lot of muscle mass, and we always want what we don't have, right? <laughs> but but for example, for Chris, Chris was saying where he feels the only time he ever gets in trouble is if he loads up the, the meal more than he should on any given sitting. And this is a perfect example of what we discovered with F-type people, fast oxidative people. They're very glycemic load or sugar response uh, sensitive. So basically that what I'm saying to that is the more food you have in one sitting, the higher the glycemic load, the more subject you are to secrete a bunch of insulin and store those calories as fat. Mm -hmm. So for the, the 1600 calorie, let's, let's just say we'll keep it at 1600 calories because I used that example earlier on. The S type could have two meals at 800 calories a day. Whereas the F type probably should break that up over three meals. That might be three at 600 or four meals at 400. These people are going to respond, have a much leaner body mass, better energy, better mental clarity with that. And the, the M type are going to sit somewhere in the middle. Generally, they're two to three meals, the S type one to two meals, and the F type three to four meals a day. And so that's when the light switch really started going off. Combine that with intermittent fasting, the S-type, these are your, these are your 16 eighters. These people can go 16 hours a day within 72 hours like that. I mean, it takes them no time because they typically are not hungry in the morning. They typically don't have a huge appetite unless they're eating completely the wrong foods. And throwing their ghrelin off, which is their I'm right. hungry hormone. Mm -hmm. And these people literally can, can 
oftentimes be very, very successful on one meal a day. They get all their calories with one meal. They're one and done. They feel great. They don't eat until the next day. Those are our S types. The F type people, I give them a little bit longer intellectual eating window. These people generally will fast for 14 hours and eat over a course of 10 hours. Why? Because they need three to four meals. They're going to be smaller meals. And these people generally will have a little bit stronger ghrelin. Their insulin will want to be fed a little bit more frequently. And so these people typically do really well with that. And the M types, they're going to sit right in the middle. They're going to have three meals a day and they're going to be medium-sized plates. So an S-type, smaller plates, less frequency. An M-type, medium plates, medium frequency. An F-type, definitely smaller servings, more frequency. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. And to even dive a little bit deeper into the 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 typing too is you know your s types are typically going to be a little bit more carbohydrate heavy right like much we more carbohydrate about. heavy for what the the rest of the world would think you know i feel like carbs have gotten a bad name because people in general think of carbs as only the white carbs right the breads the pastas the uh cookies cakes things like that but there are a ton of other foods out there mm. who that are carbohydrates all our vegetables, right? Mm-hmm. Quinoa and the yes. grains, the beans, the even though they have some proteins in them, right. they're predominantly carbohydrates. So those folks are going to need healthier carbohydrates, more of them. Some of these folks can even go as high as 60% carbohydrates, the right. S type. Right. Whereas if you are an F type, you're going to want to keep those, those carbohydrates 30% and lower. And those are with healthy carbohydrates. Right. Yeah, so like I feel what did I have yesterday I had um I had eggs with some pe- oh, some peppers in there and then I had um some potatoes. I made a potato on the you know a little bit of bacon grease, you know. And that was like kind of for me like almost like a hybrid meal there, but it I I still felt good on that. A little bit of potato, a lot of egg. Still felt good this morning, egg with bacon. But those I don't need the breads. Do I like bread? Yes, I like bread. I mean, sure. do I like stuff that's you know you know higher carbohydrate and you know breaks down really fast and you know maybe is more processed or whatever? Sure, I mean it tastes good. You know, I, I'm not going to say a pop tart doesn't taste good, <laughs> but a pop tart's not doing me any favors. Right, it really isn't. So I avoid that stuff as often as I possibly can, knowing that I feel best when I eat the protein. And 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 the fat based stuff like if I have like avocado with eggs, there you go. Yeah, like, I feel food. yeah, I feel great on that. And whereas other people might go like, "Where's your you know you're not having any multi grain you know something with that or like no, I don't need it. Like I like it, but I don't I don't need it, and I feel okay without it. Sure, yeah, and that's what I think. Pe- it's important. People have to really start thinking a little bit more about like, how do I feel when I eat this versus when I eat this? Right. And a little bit, a, a little bit more thought as to, as to how they respond to the foods they're putting in their bodies. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with that. And, you know, it's interesting you say the avocado because it's really a superfood, right? Yeah. And it's, it's, the benefits are just unparalleled to a lot of foods out there. However, if you are an S-type, you can have a little avocado right. almost daily, but it needs to be almost like a third of the size. I'm talking maybe a third of an avocado yeah. 
if you, believe it or not, you load up on a half, uh, three quarters, a whole avocado routinely day in, day out, your system will reach a point to where it's no longer great for you if you're an S-type fat printing fingerprint. Polar opposite if you're an F-type. Yeah. If you're an F-type, you want that avocado. You yeah. want that whole avocado I want the whole thing, day. yeah. Yeah, I can I can eat a whole avocado every day. And even if it's a half here and a half over here, I I, I enjoy them. I have a, a real taste for them. Uh, you know, and that's what's interesting too about the the quiz. I thought some of the questions are so interesting because it's like, what types of foods do you gravitate to? You know? And I I, I kept going towards like the salty. And and the sours and stuff like that versus like this the sweet type stuff. Right. Even though I like fruit and I like, you know, I like a dessert every once in a while, but I don't, what do I gravitate to? I'd rather have a handful of nuts, you know, than I would like a, a piece of chocolate cake or something like that. Isn't it? You know, but that's just somebody listening might say, screw the nuts. I'd much rather have a nice big piece of cake, you know, right. throw a donut on there while you're at it, you know, <laughs> you know, but that's the, that's more your S type person. Hey, if you want the free, why stretching won't make you flexible report, then just text stretch to three, four, five, three, four, five. That's stretch S T R E T C H to three, four, five, Three four five, and you'll get a text for me asking for your email. Then you'll get the free report sent to your email inbox. So you're an M type. Explain to somebody as an M type. So you're you're kind of the hybrid. What's a typical day of eating look like for Gary Watson? I, I'd be interested. Just kind of run through like maybe an example day. Sure, sure. So. I do utilize the 15-9 intellectual eating window, meaning every 24 hours, I allow myself to eat only within a nine-hour window, okay? I typically have two to three meals a day. And for me, and studies have shown this hands down, it's much easier to extend a fast in the morning than it is to stop eating earlier in the day. Mm, yeah. And try not to eat with all your family, your friends, the social events, the work events, things like that. So for me, a typical day for me would be I'd start eating right around 11 a.m., okay? And I will- Here we are. Yeah, and I would <laughs> typically getting, eat there. until about 8 p.m. Mm. So I, that's my nine-hour window. Yeah. And you know, you know this, Chris, generally the first meal breaking the fast is a very important meal. And I think that's where that kind of idiom or old adage of breakfast being the most important meal of the day, I think that's probably where nutritionists were trying to go with it. Mm -hmm. But only in America can you actually have a dessert for breakfast <laughs> and people think, oh yeah, it's a normal <laughs> yeah, dessert. Right. You know, it's a normal breakfast. A bowl of frosted flakes. Yeah, a, bro yeah. <laughs> a, bowl, a, a pop tart. A pop tart. Or you go to one of these places and you get your frappa laka laka you know, and it's- Your 700 calorie coffee. <laughs> 700 calorie coffee, you know, and, and we call that breakfast. But so for me, you know, I stay away from that. I'll start my day. I like caffeine. I'll have either- unsweetened black coffee, unsweetened tea, water. Sometimes I have found that a, a nice sparkling water, zero calorie sparkling mm -hmm. water adds a little kind of satiates the body as well. I'll mm -hmm. start off with that. So yeah. it's not like I wake up and my lips are closed for the rest of the, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, from, yeah. from 6, 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Right. 
to 11. No, you can hydrate and have 20 to even 30 ounces maybe of of fluid. Yeah. That's pretty much, you know, no calorie or super, super low calorie, virtually nothing. And so, so then what's that first meal look like? For and you? so for me, I, I do a first meal. I, I love to still break the fast, even though it's happening really in the, the brunch hour. I love to have some nice eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, with those eggs, I definitely throw in some broccoli and some uh, cauliflower. By the way, cauliflower, asparagus, these are high purine vegetables, believe it or not. And then I slap a, a little bit of um, a, a small to medium serving of some form of legume. I'm actually somebody that loves the pinto bean mm. and I love, because I love spicy food. So I'll, I'll have a spicy pinto bean maybe. And that would be the start of my day. That would happen about 11 a.m. Then somewhere around the four o'clock time, three, between three and four, I might come in there and I might have a, a, a nice lean cut of salmon or some chicken breast or uh, as a medium type I can have a little bit of the darker meats, mm-hmm. uh, but as an F-type, for example, you'd have some darker meats. Mm-hmm. I might have a little turkey or chicken, but let's just call it chicken. Again, I love beans, so now I'm going to try a different bean. I'm going to go with a legume. I might have uh, a little bit of uh, a potato, but but not a lot, and generally some more vegetables. At that point, too, midday is when I like to have my fruit. For my fruit, I try to keep it low glycemic. So I try to eat the green apples mm-hmm. predominantly are pretty much green apples are what I love. But yeah. And then for, for dinner, honestly, for dinner, I just feel like I can almost have anything I want just so I yeah. don't overdo it. Yeah. So between seven and eight maybe is kind of your dinner. Exactly. Kind of going right up to the end of that window. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. And, you know, I, I do tend to try to have uh, as much variety as I can. and yet. The keep it simple yet specific, the KISS system really does work. I mean, Chris, I've been in this industry for for a long time now, and I can tell you hands down, 95% of everyone that I've ever seen that have been really, really consistent, I think on any given Sunday, you can walk into the store today. We're, we're here in Florida. So you walk into your Publix, you can have over 600,000 different foods in the Publix. Do you know what the average person actually eats? less than a hundred. So people, people think, well, wait a second, there's not enough variety. Well, you're already only eating about a hundred foods out of the 600,000 that are in the grocery store. (laughs) Number one. Number two, most people that succeed up to 95% of them that I've personally had the privilege of interviewing and getting to know, 80% of their foods are the same foods on a regular basis. They just find the foods that work really well for them, that they really truly enjoy And they stick consistently to that. And Pareto's law, basically, if you do things 80% of the time right, then the 20%, you can zigzag. You can have some fun. You can have some treat foods. You can have some cheat days. You can have some of those things that you like. And by the way, if you're consistently 80% of the time having what's right for your unique fat-burning fingerprint type, your hormones are going to be really pleasantly balanced, which by the way gives you the advantage of this little word we call discipline. I don't know about you, but discipline is highly overrated if my hormones aren't working the way they should. (laughs) If my I'm hungry growing hormone is saying, feed me, feed me, feed me, no matter how disciplined I am, I'm not going to be able to sustain it. 
So if just for 80% of the time, Chris, you can follow this system, which is super easy to follow, you will succeed because your body, your what I call your seven super fat burning hormones, and we won't get into that, but you can you can read all about it. Yes. If if you if you find yourself going to the fatburningfingerprint.com and you, you want to take a look at the program, I'm going to give you a free manual on your seven super fat burning hormones. Once these get into balance, this stuff really starts to become much easier. It truly does. Our bodies naturally want to work this way. It's just we fight it all the time. Yeah, we absolutely do fight it. And God, that's, it is amazing to even think about the, the, the amount of choice uh, available to all of us when we go to the grocery store, but yet what we find ourselves always, always gravitating right. to the same old things, right? This does, I think, at least open people's minds up to like, without even taking the quiz, they can start to maybe see some patterns or, or see some areas where they need to clean things up a little bit. I mean, it, it, it is really thought-provoking information. It's so cool. So obviously you've already given them the, the fat burn. It's fatburningfingerprint.com. Correct. They, they can go to, to find out more. Where else can people find you? What, what are some uh, social media outlets maybe that people can see you? And get to know you. Well, they can also also head to wakethefork.up.com. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I wrote a book in 2015. It became an international number one bestseller. It's called Wake the Fork Up. I love that title, by the way. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. fantastic. And so it's really about waking this fork up in this road we call life and, and taking a chance on yourself. Yeah. Asking yourself, uh, you know, what, what else could this mean? How can I compare myself to, you know, I, I like the compared to what analogy, right? You walk into, let's say, uh, a re- any restaurant here in town. I'm sorry, I'm having a brain, I'm having an issue because I'm in Florida and I'm, I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. So <laughs> I'm thinking about all these, right. these restaurants over Mex- there. But so let's say you walk into Chick-fil-A, okay? And so Chick-fil-A, you have all kinds of different options. And so depending on your S type, or depending on your fat burning fingerprint type, you have to say, okay, so are the grilled chicken nuggets best for my type compared to the chicken tacos? And so if you're an S type, you want the chicken tacos. You want some carbohydrates. If you're an F type, you want to stick with the the nuggets themselves and maybe a, a little side dish. And so you just have to walk in any situation and say, this food compared to that food. It's really simple. It's very quick. You don't have to overanalyze. You don't have to go into this paralysis by overanalysis. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple yet specific. And you can you can get to that information. And that's really more about what Wake the Fork Up was about. Yeah. Kind of helping people understand, hey, guys, we've got options. It's not that hard. There is a better way specific to you. My particular body type better way is potentially different than your potential body type better way. And yet it's really simple. I can explain it to you in in three easy steps and you can take care of that. Outside of that, you can find me on Facebook at, I, you know, uh, under Wake the Fork Up. Okay, great. And those are probably the the best places you can find me. That's amazing. I love that. And we we do, we live in a world of choice, at least, you know, obviously in the States, it's a little bit different in other other parts of the of the globe but still i think kind of anywhere you go over just about anywhere there's a, a certain amount of tourism there's just just a certain amount of choices and 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 options and stuff and it gets it can be confusing for people too i think when you start to limit some of the options out there is when people can really start to 
maybe get some better results because we we at least start to hone in on on something and we have more of a clear target. I think it's so it's so wide open with what people can eat. Well, this is good. Well, this is good. Well, this I mean, there's so many the Mediterranean diet and the, the this diet and the South Beach diet and all these different ones, right? And it's just so well, it can be this can be good and this can be good, but like what's best for you? And you just have to you have to, it's a little trial and error and you have to figure things out. And I mean, definitely find out what your type is. I mean, it, it's, I think that's, that's really key for people. And then it can start to, you know, maybe incorporate the IF, like you said, it might take some time, but you can start to really see some amazing results. Start knowing like what your, your, your base meals should look like. And then maybe what your window of eating looks like. You right. start to nail those those few things down, you can really start to make some make some progress. Chris, that's when the real magic starts to happen. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And yeah. you know, I, there's a gentleman out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He's 78 years of age. He came to me and discovered my program two years ago. Okay, this gentleman weighed 317 pounds. Now he is a big man. He's uh, six foot five. Okay, but he's 78 today. He was 76 years of age at that time. And he was so fearful of, of trying this program as well. And so I said, just start out with 12 hours. Give yourself the first three weeks, 12 hours of fasting, 12 hours of eating. So you don't have to be, I feel like people forget it's about progress, not mm -hmm. perfection. That's right. Right? And so I'll just fast forward. Bill basically now, because he's a, he's a, M type. He basically fasts for 15 hours a day. He eats for nine hours a day. I'm happy to tell you he has lost over 73 pounds and has kept it off for the last, I think he peaked at a 73 pound loss about nine months ago. So over the course of two, two years, 73 pounds. And he's kept that off now for coming up on a year. He feels amazing. This was a guy that was terrified of fasting. This was a guy that was terrified of, of understanding which foods were best for him, which ones to stay away from. And literally, because he eased into it, and because I told him, you don't have to be perfect, shoot for, shoot for five out of seven days. Start off with five out of seven days. If you can get to six out of seven, that's that. of course, you can get better results faster. And before you know it, this guy is 78 years old, 70 plus pounds. Literally, his family have contacted me telling me he's got a new lease on life. Wow, that is amazing. So my point is if Bill can do it, yeah. anybody can do it. Absolutely. And I th that's where you know a lot of people are just stuck and they they don't know where you know where to, where to go who to who to listen to where to turn but i think this is um it just makes so much sense and i you know the the, the kiss the kiss analogy it, when i was growing up my football coach used to use it and he would say keep keep it simple stupid <laughs> but exactly. i like yours is a much kinder version keep it simple yet specific that's right. I, I like that a lot and i think that's exactly where we need to go people just are so confused and, 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 but I love the simplicity of this and I think it can really benefit some people. So please go to fatburningfingerprint.com and see what Gary's got going there because you, it could really change your life and, and get you to just feel better and look better and perform better. And just all those, 
all those things. So I, thank you for visiting with us today on, on the show. It's been fantastic. I know the listeners have gotten something from it. Hopefully we'll get some some uh, some comments and some stuff through uh, social media about this because this is really eye-opening. Thanks again, Gary. It's been a real pleasure having you today. Chris, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Fantastic. Thank you for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. This is Coach Chris Wilson. We thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you in the next episode. Thank you for listening and stay strong by design.